0: Hi everybody, welcome to the WHO Most Awesome Founder podcast, a show about entrepreneurs, innovators, advisors and educators and the stories that make them who they are today. I'm your host, Ries and today I'm happy to welcome to the podcast, Dana Mansel, WHO alumnus and founder of Say Hi to Finance. Dana, welcome to the show. First of all, what we always do Bye, is actually give the high <laughs> to give our uh, uh, guests the opportunity to tell something about their personal life. So could you maybe just tell a bit about where you're coming from, why you decided to create this uh, company? So the floor is yours, I would say.
1: Thank you so much, Dries. Yeah, it's uh, very nice to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity uh, in the most awesome Fauna podcast. So I hope I give you um, an awesome interview and an awesome uh, podcast.
0: Yes, we always Um, have high expectations.
1: (laughs) Okay, so of course, my background is very awesome. Um, I, I just recently heard, uh, the founder podcast with Kiran who has a multicultural background and, yeah. um, my background is, uh, a little bit, uh, it's somehow, uh, from the same background, but a little bit different because I am born in India, but I'm raised in Germany. So my parents okay. are German, I'm adopted and I came to Germany with 13 months. I have, okay. uh four siblings, uh, and they are German, so I'm the only Indian girl in this big family of five (laughs) children. And uh, yeah, it was really clear from the very first beginning, I have the same parents uh, than all my German siblings, or they are my siblings, basically, Uh, but I was different. Mm. I was uh, always, uh, from the very first beginning, I was interested in art and in fashion and in jewelry and um yeah i i i really uh i have chosen the art courses in school and then i decided because it was somehow very clear that i go for a creative career Mm. and um, all my siblings did more or less the same they went in a business direction so (laughs) there are some genetics that you cannot deny and uh, they they just belong to you. And then they are these uh, German um, values that I have also from my parents. And I think this together was a really good mixture okay. of education. And after school, I decided to do first an um, apprenticeship, or I, I think this is the right word um, mm-hmm. a training of two years. So I really learned goldsmith. Um, in a in a um, in a workplace in a manufa- at a manufacturer mm-hmm. where you really do um, the jewelry by hand, okay. and um, after these two years, I decided uh, to study graphic design. So I think really creative, uh, uh, really creative um, studies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and and, and uh, is quite a very specific thing. Not how how. Did you come up with the idea to become a goldsmith? That's not something <laughs> that you hear a lot.
1: Yeah, I think um, my parents were at the first sight a little bit disappointed because they thought that I will study. And then um, when I when I decided to become a goldsmith, it was with the intention um, because I was so fascinated by jewelry and mm. uh, by doing something or creating something by hand, it's really... You, you, really, um, uh, you really build up something very precious. Uh, you, you work with precious materials. Um, yeah, it's something that just brings joy to other people and that in best case lasts for a lifetime. I think this was really my intention.
0: Yeah. And and so that means that you, you did a kind of what they call in Germany, vocational training, not so that you didn't go to university, but rather that you did an education that was very practice oriented, I suppose.
1: Yes. Yes. You work in a, um, in a, um, uh, or, or in a, in a really in a, um, uh, Workshop. What is the English word yeah, for Werkstatt? So, uh,
0: and, uh, yeah. and yeah, uh, and I actually also don't know what the English word is. But so <laughs> a place where you uh, work on the the gold, not yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. I really learned how to do rings, how to do how to do uh, yeah. necklaces, and how to do bangles. Uh, really from from the very first uh, step.
0: Okay. Interesting. It's very so um, how- hands on. Yeah. Uh, and, and so then I suppose you did that for a couple of years. And, and then what was a kind of the next step? Because I also saw you have done in the end an, uh, an MBA at BAU. So at one point in time, apparently you felt the need to go a bit into kind of the, the profession of your siblings and also embrace yeah. a bit the business life. <laughs> how, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, I um, when I was finished my, when I finished my studies, um, I worked as a uh, at a fashion brand in the marketing department. And after a year, it was more or less clear that they um, are a little bit um, in struggles. So I decided um, to quit this job and to start my own business. Mm. And uh, I started as a graphic designer, as a freelance graphic designer for um, agencies, but also I had my first um, own clients. Okay. And in the summer, I had uh, kind of a pause because you, you, don't, have any, um, you don't have any clients. And that I thought, okay, what can I do to fill my portfolio? And uh, I just created um, a logo design. And it was for a jewelry brand. So I thought about a name and then a logo. And then I thought, oh, it would be very nice if I have some product. And uh, somehow it happened that I ended up with the product um, just designed. And I started to look for uh, manufacturers and Mm -hmm. for suppliers who could produce these products for me. And I showed all the prototypes to friends and they were convinced that I was sell it. So I just really started um, out of a gut feeling, my own um, jewelry brand. And uh, luckily I had a friend who is running um, a PR agency and she was in from the very first beginning and helped me and she was my PR agency yeah. then. Um, yeah. And uh I was in magazines before I even had an online shop okay. and before I even sold uh, the things to uh, retailers and then, yeah, I never planned it like this, but it happened and, uh, it went in the beginning very well. Um, and I was very, uh, yeah, it was a development by trial and yeah. error. I never learned how to build up a business and how to run a brand, um, especially an online job. Um, Yeah, but then if you're in, you you just do certain things and try. And um, if it's not uh, successful, you try the next thing. And yeah, and of course, I asked people um, if they can help and support me. And yeah, that's that's actually, that's really how it went. Um, And then um, we moved from Stuttgart to Dusseldorf. um, And... uh, I became a mother uh and this was maybe the first um the first struggle because I was always on my own mm. and I really missed so looking back I know exactly what mistakes I have done um but in this situation I really didn't saw the necessity um to um, to uh to have employees who are running the business when you are maybe out or when you don't have the capacity to really f- work full time and um then the second child came <laughs> <laughs> and i had to reduce more and more the the, the working hours yeah. and uh, i felt a little bit lost then you know then time flies and and you really you you struggle with handling all the different tasks mm. and then the third child came <laughs> and uh, I already spoke to my first employee, and then corona hit me.
0: okay, yeah
1: and I really uh, had no opportunity um to work or um to uh, uh, yeah, to organize my daily um the daily life with with the children at home. Mm. and at this time, I thought I really have to do now something for myself, for my development, for my for my knowledge, for my educational development, and that's why I decided uh, to do uh, an MBA program. And I heard um, a little um, yeah uh, impulse speech from um, Jackie Lawyer hingsen Okay, she was also at WHU, mm-hmm. and I exactly know. I came home at maybe 10 in the evening and I researched in the bed um, with my husband, uh, which business school would be uh, the best uh, fit for me. Mm. And then we figured out VHU because it's in Düsseldorf and Uh, I'm very happy that I decided uh, for VHU. Okay,
0: great. And so uh, you did the MBA and then uh, quite recently you decided to create a new company, no longer on the topic of jewelry or or gold or whatever but more on the topic of finance Um, so can you a bit explain the story behind starting say hi to finance so why did you want to start something completely different completely new even not having a, a very kind of extensive history or experience in the finance world so what what did trigger you to become kind of active in the the world of finance
1: yeah of course uh, i'm very happy to explain this um uh as i already um told you um I, with this creative background i actually never really cared for my own finances okay and uh, when i <laughs> when i started um when I started the MBA program, I, I really had, um, the biggest, uh, respect, um, uh, for, uh, all the finance courses. I thought I will never survive these. And then you start with, uh, financial accounting and you think, um, oh my God, <laughs> um, you will never survive this. Uh, but I also realized that it's not rocket science and, um, I started to really rethink my own financial situation with 40 years, I have to say. Uh, And I started to do um, my saving plans and I opened a depot and uh, I bought my first stocks, which are really successful. And I'm very happy that I did that. But without the MBA program, I I would say I would never have done Mm. that. Um, And I realized that a lot of uh, women have the same struggle. They don't start because they just don't feel informed enough and they are afraid of doing something wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but this is really, really, uh, dangerous if, if this is the reason that you don't start. Um, and, uh. I decided to do my uh, master thesis about this topic, okay. about uh, the behavior of women with their uh, finances, about their awareness and, um, yeah, about their about their dealing with their finances, if they deal with it. Yeah. Um, and I interviewed many women and I made a survey with, I think, more or less 200 women. Okay. And the results were so somehow shocking and interesting that I thought I cannot just put this master thesis on my desk and say, okay, it was a nice, um, episode in my life. Uh, let's go back to, uh, passion. <laughs> um,
0: but you really, yeah, because because you're it's saying it's, the results were shocking. Can, why were the results shocking? What was one of the most shocking um, findings from your master thesis?
1: Because so many women don't, don't deal with their finances and um, really are threatened by old age poverty because mm. uh, they rely totally on their husband. Yeah. And I think also um, caring for your financial future is really a privilege. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: it's a privilege of women who are educated. Some, and on the other hand, it's also a privilege of those who have enough money. If you don't have enough money, your whole working life, you even struggle more um, when you are retired. Yeah. And so it's more important for, for all those women who don't have a big income.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so it's, exactly it's, you the know, ones it's that, a that it it the it, most. Yeah. yeah, the ones who need it the most aren't just not able to do it because there's nothing left at the end of the month so if you really have to care for how can i feed my kids tomorrow and how can i pay the rent how can you just think about your retirement so your life reality is a totally different one to a woman who has enough income and who has uh, a leftover at the end of the month um yeah and um maybe it's also because of my age, because now I'm in the middle of my life, I guess. And uh, my retirement age is not so far away anymore. (laughs) So it makes you maybe a little bit more um, conscious about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, also because I'm a woman and because I have children, I know how difficult it is to work full time. And uh, you have so many other things you have to care for. And this is something really uncomfortable and not really, yeah, maybe not interesting or not exciting enough
0: um,
1: to care for and to deal with. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And actually when I looked uh, at at, at the, the company that you're building, say hi to finance, there is a very strong emphasis on community building. Um, Can you explain a bit more what that exactly means and why for you, it's so important to highlight this, this aspect of community building?
1: Yeah, it was um, a little bit of journey. So I started really with a completely different idea in the beginning. And then I did the VHU accelerator Mm -hmm. and spoke to many, many mentors in the beginning, I thought Women just need one platform, a one-stop shop where they get everything for their finances. And then I really researched a lot of competitors and, and what, what service is on the market. And I found out that there is already a lot. Um, so there is a lot of information available for free. Um, there are platforms where you can very easily invest. Um, and anyway, if they only address women... They are not really successful or i don't uh know really one platform for no. women who is really successful and we saw a lot of um fintechs uh who shut down in the last month so um uh that i i took this uh this situation and i took the feedback of the mentors really serious and uh really looked into my results of the master thesis because um 54% of the women answered uh, to me that they have a personal contact uh, mm. in, when they need advice for their finances. So I think it's really important that you don't leave them alone and say, okay, you can learn everything online. We do a bootcamp of eight weeks. And then um, you know by yourself to, o- um, to open a depot and to buy your ETFs or your stocks or whatever. Mm. I think a community and a community with a f- focus on physical events really um, gives you another drive and another motivation because you cannot ex- uh, escape. And maybe if the personal um, exchange and the personal contact, um, this fosters also the credibility and the trust. Uh, and if you come regularly together, uh, you see the progress and you the development and... Yeah, I think the spirit uh, motivates even more um, than just doing it on your uh, couch uh, alone with the computer yeah. and everything online.
0: Yeah. And and so does that mean that you're planning to really organize kind of physical events where people meet up and talk with each other or how do I have to see the community?
1: Yeah, so I understand myself just as a uh, the mediator or um, um, the, the connecting dots between women and the expertise. So because I'm not the expert, I will bring the expertise by, um, by speakers um, from the finance industry and mm. um, we do physical events. Okay. So I invite women to come to physical events in different cities. Uh, and they can learn and they can exchange, and maybe they also feel that they are not uh, alone, and there are many women with the same struggles, and it just matter which background you have
0: yeah and and, and um, did you already organize this kind of events that you do a kind of pilots already?:
1: Yes, in September we do the first okay. event actually with a company together, okay. and um, I planned the first event with a um, hairdresser, so in a in a hairdresser um, okay. saloon um very nice she offered me to just use your her um her room and um i invite the women there and then we do a little so in in the first events i will talk about the results of my um of the thesis um because i think many women don't know really how the situation looks like um and sometimes it's really good to just give them um this uh you know this uh this push uh to really make clear what would mean if you don't care for it. Yeah. Um but I plan of course to invite speakers and maybe um also um uh invite local uh, banks because I think they they play a big role.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because they have a, a lot of uh, trust, people trust uh their Sparkasse around the corner. Um so there are many um, different topics that you can um, talk about and that you can, uh, you can choose uh, speakers for many different topics for different life stages. And then you always address also different uh, women.
0: Yeah. I maybe uh, briefly want to, to have a kind of a broader discussion, because uh, as you mentioned, you're an uh, a an, uh, female entrepreneur with a kind of international background. Uh, you have raised three children. Um, And I think today in Germany, there is a lot of discussion about how can we push female entrepreneurship? How can we make sure that more people uh, are motivated to start an entrepreneurial career? At the same time, there are discussions about uh, Kindergeld and stuff like that. Uh, How much money should you get uh, for raising children? Now, I think in the, the public domain, you hear a lot of quite abstract discussions about this topic, but you're a person that is actually experiencing this topic in kind of real life. Um, so what would you say is the most challenging part for, for you to try to start a startup in your current situation, having three children? What? Uh, what, what would you see as the most challenging part of being a female entrepreneur in that kind of circumstances?
1: Um, I think there are three things which are really, um, struggling or, really challenging for me. Mm. Um, so first of all, it, it, I know it sounds bad, but financing is a really big issue no. because I'm not a student anymore, or I'm, I'm now at the life stage where I really have to make sure that, um, that I earn also money. Yeah,
0: that is right um, on the table for your children.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, I have to bring something on the table. Yeah. I have to pay my rent. And also I have to pay uh, all my um, saving plans yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for uh, for later. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: uh,
1: so you really have to make sure how you, how, how to finance your, um, your project, your startup. Um, this is really... Um, this is really um, a big issue and then of course you have to make sure how to organize your life um i mean now i'm i'm a little bit in 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 a in a shifting uh, situation because um we have a help at home from the first of uh, of october so i'm just looking forward but uh Normally, my working day ends at uh, half past two, mm. and that's not enough. Mm. So you really have to be very focused, very structured, yeah. and you have to make sure that you can um, work in the evening. And sometimes my kids go to bed at nine. So I start reworking at nine and that's too late. Mm. It's, it's, you, you can do that maybe for a week, maybe for two weeks, but you can't do that um, really for a long-term um, uh, period of time. Yeah that's not possible and it's just exhausting and doesn't make you happy and you cannot only work on the weekends that's also not working so you really have to make sure that you invest in a in some support at home or you ask your parents so the grandparents um, or your neighbors I don't know Mm. but I think. You have to make sure that your kids are um, in good hands and that your hands are free to work and to concentrate on you.
0: Yeah. So it's the, the kind of lack of, uh, childcare for, 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 your your kids, when school is finished at whatever it is at two o'clock or whatever, uh, yeah, that's no, I have to say uh, I, I, I joined or I came to Germany five years ago before I was in the Netherlands. And in the Netherlands, it was relatively straightforward to get opportunities to give your children to kind of daycare until 6 PM. It was, it was, uh, it cost money, but you were at least able to do it. And so my wife and I were quite struck that when we came to Germany, that even if we wanted to pay for it, it was very difficult to get that kind of options where after
1: school,
0: kids can, can go to another place to be entertained and that parents have the opportunity to continue working. So yeah, I, I fully understand your pain there. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think childcare or the, the, the organization of the childcare is really important. Mm. Um, but as a third thing, I sometimes miss these, um, I mean, there are a lot of women networks and, yeah. and, uh, communities, but it's also. Somehow, I feel always that everything is in Berlin. Okay. So we need it more in in all over Germany, but it helps. It, it sometimes really for me very inspirational and very motivating when I meet other founders, female founders, and and you really have to um, yeah leverage your network and your community and um, take advantage of other role models Mm. um, that all have in the end, the same struggles, (laughs) but when you share it, it doesn't feel that bad anymore. Yeah.
0: So at least, you know, you're not the only one struggling with this kind of issues. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. So it's, it's on the one hand, simply financially, it's challenging. There is the issue about not having sufficient opportunities to actually create the time to spend on your uh, startup, especially when you have kids. And there is the, the issue of having sufficient opportunities to network, not only in Berlin, but also in other parts of, of. Europe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm alone, so I have no co-founder yet. Yeah. Um, and I think um, because of this, um, it's even more important that you really um, contact others and, and you know, um, really, exchange ideas or even um, get feedback. And I think that's why uh, the Wehau Accelerator with the feedback of 18 managers was very valuable for me because now I I really had sparing partners um, to just ask. Um, Sometimes it's just nice to ask them, what do you think, what is your gut feeling when you just hear it from what comes to your mind in the first... uh, seconds.
0: And and the fact Um, that you're saying I'm at the moment, a solo founder, so I don't have a co-founder. Was that a very intentional choice that you say, I want to start this up alone? Or is it just that you have not yet found the right person to do it together with?
1: Uh, I have not yet found the right person. Um, uh, I don't want to stop it just because I'm alone. Mm. Um, but a learning (laughs) from my first venture is don't do it alone. I think it's always better if you have uh, a partner. Yeah. Um, but I think if I just start, um, it's better than just waiting for the perfect co-founder.
0: Yeah. And and what kind of of person would you be looking for? What what would your although you're not looking for the perfect one, what would be a kind of your uh, preferred kind of co-founder? Do you have a kind of image in your mind of what kind of person you would be looking for?
1: Um, I, I think that, um, a finance background, of course, um, would be perfect mm. because then we have these, uh, these two, I mean, I come more from the marketing side and, um, the creative side, uh, and I think I'm in the communication. Uh, but if you have really the expertise, then this would be also very great, yeah. but, As I know, it's like a marriage. I think if you find somebody who's really committed and who burns for the idea and who maybe already built up a community um, or is related with uh, female topics, I would always say yes, of course. Um, Because I think what is really important or what is the most important is that um, you love each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And you can really perfectly work together
1: yeah i think the personal relationship is really the most
0: important okay Uh, because this so as as we talked before you have already quite some years of experience in creating your own uh, startup activities And, and this is not about VC backed up startups. This is more what, what no. we would call a kind of a lifestyle startup. But still, I think that's, that's very important that we have a lot of this kind of startups where people can just kind of create their own uh, activities. Now, if you look back a bit at the trajectory that you have done in the past, I would say like 10 years. And, uh, you, you need to give advice to starting female entrepreneurs that want to do something similar, what, what kind of advice would you have for them? What would you recommend them to do and, or maybe not to do?
1: Um, haha, yeah, that's a hard question. Um, I think my biggest mistake was that I just build it out of a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I never had really a plan. So I think it, it, it's important to know where you want to go. Yeah. So um, your, your vision must be clear yeah. and um, don't do it alone. I think this is really my biggest, uh, my biggest advice. Don't do it alone. It's always easier if you have a co-founder or if you have two co-founders. Um you complement each other. Uh you, you can exchange ideas and you you also go to so many um uh bad times. Yeah. It's always easier if you do it together. And I always thought I can do everything and of course yeah. you never can do everything good. Yeah. Not not reality.
0: Yeah, so you would say this this kind of game is, a, is really a team that you need where you can yeah. enjoy yeah. also the burden of when it's going difficult, not? Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, clear. Yeah.
0: Um, maybe then what we always do at the end of the podcast is also just ask for some inspiration. So uh, do you have any books or podcasts that you can recommend to us? Something that you think uh, is very, or was very inspiring to
1: you uh, yes uh, i can um it's uh, so my favorite uh, podcast is um, um i i think a very famous one um it's uh, the fast and furious mm. uh, podcast with leah sophie kramer and verena pauster and um for me it's very important to do regularly sports so i always take this opportunity to hear the podcast of them when i go for my um jogging um Round at the River Rhine, Um, it's a, it's a very, um, yeah, it's fresh and motivating and inspiring and they are very, um, uh, very nice and friendly and sympathetic and and I really just like them. (laughs) And you feel a little bit that you know them when you hear them every week. Yeah. And I think um, the topics are always very interesting. Because uh they invite also uh founders, but also entrepreneurs, founders, uh politicians, um totally different uh topics. Mm. Um, and sometimes they just give very hands-on advices, uh, and you can really learn hard facts, very easy to implement. Uh how they structure their life and their working and their families and
0: yeah. yeah
1: i I thought it's really helpful
0: Okay,
1: I can just uh yeah i I can really recommend this and um, I recently read a book um, this is something totally different. I read it because um uh, a friend at it was an, a recommendation of a friend, and it's a it's um, a mom of three children, um, and she's from Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and she's a teacher. And when I read this book, I thought that there are so many parallels uh, to your leadership style and uh, to your to business life. Um, it's it's really good. It's it's called Panda Mama from Esther Wojcicki. Okay. And she's also now a speaker, um, for big, uh, companies and, uh, yeah, that was also very, um, very inspirational.
0: Okay. Maybe to go briefly back to the the podcast, uh, because I think the the podcast that you mentioned is, is one of the, the rare podcasts when you consider the topic of entrepreneurship that I think is, is being run by two females. I think And and we are a bit ourselves uh, in that situation. Most of the podcasts are (laughs) having male uh, uh, hosts and co-hosts. And they are, I think, especially in the German landscape, one of the very rare ones where we have two female co-hosts. How does that make it for you different, that podcast? Do you really notice that they are able to kind of bring something different on the table that other podcasts like this one with some male co-hosts cannot deliver
1: um i feel that they understand my situation i mean they are maybe far away from what i've done Mm. so i'm i'm really uh, full of uh, um uh respect for them what what they achieved so far uh but anyway they have children they work um leah sufi Kramer, um is, I think she she um, was separated uh, from the father of her children, so it's even uh, harder for yeah. her to work and to structure and organize her um, her daily life. Uh, and I think she really um, maybe this is the fact that I feel a little bit more related to them. Yeah. No, no, no. Than to a um, totally ho- male-hosted uh, <laughs> podcast, yeah. but I also hear male-hosted <laughs> podcasts, of <laughs> course, if the topic is interesting for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but somehow maybe, um, this is
0: no, but it's, 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 they... it's, interesting to hear how that kind of podcast can make a difference. And I think they, they identified a very nice kind of, uh, and a very relevant gap in the market. And, and of course yeah. the success of that podcast really shows that there was a real need for that. Um, so in that way, yeah. I think, um, that really addresses something uh, that we didn't have before.
1: Yeah, maybe, yeah.
0: Great. Okay, Dana, then uh, I want to thank you for sharing some of your insights, but also your experiences. And again, you're at, at, uh, although you're yeah, old, I don't want to say because I'm actually much older than you <laughs> still. So it would feel, <laughs> feel strange to call you old, which I think is actually not the case. And because you were, you were saying I'm close to my retirement. I was thinking, nah, I'm not that close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no maybe
1: closer than when i started my career
0: yeah we are always getting closer (laughs) to the end no that's that that's how it goes no but so thanks for for very openly sharing your experiences i really liked it and i think it's also important for our audience then that we have this kind of talks where it's not about oh i've created three i've successful unicorns but more people that are at The the more the starting point of developing a new venture and that we can also talk a bit about the challenges that that brings along. So I think that's also very uh, relevant for our audience. So thanks a lot for being willing to share. And I also want to thank our audience for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please don't hesitate to give us uh, stars on whatever podcast device you're listening to. And I hope you will join in again for our next episode. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thank thank you so much. Bye bye. And thank you, Trees, for giving me the opportunity. You're (laughs)
0: very welcome. Bye bye.